so it's one of those things I generally don't open the door, but if you knock and crack it and say, hey, you, you busy? Yeah. You want to tell you how busy I am? <laughs> Let me tell you how busy I am. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 180 of Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is the other co-host of this Candy Cane Level broadcast, the St. Nicholas of Swag. Yeah. Dr. Kirby <laughs> Hossam. And Kirby, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic. That's actually, I think that that may be my favorite title I've had in quite some time. Uh, St. Nicholas of Swag. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we've talked about this a couple different times. Every once in a while, I look up and, and see the number. Right. Mm-hmm. And so 180 episodes of Unscripted is kind of crazy. So it is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing well. How about you, bud? I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, coming off a great Thanksgiving week and uh, just uh, ready to finish the year strong and, and uh, see what wonderful things have in store for 2020. But you know what else is wonderful, Kirby? And it's in store for you right now. What's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be our good pals over at Vault Promotions and that awesome badge release program. You know, they make badges selling easy and profitable, yes. right? Because it, it's flexible. They, they print one badge at a time. It's fast. They have that 24 to 48-hour turnaround, and it's affordable. They have that bulk pricing without the administration. So what they do is they set up a custom-branded end-user-friendly website. It integrates with your existing web store program. And they have knowledgeable, helpful, and friendly customer service. And it's free. Free setups, free samples, free virtual proofs, and that free website program. They make it so easy for you to sell badges to your end-user client. They do the ordering. You don't even touch it once it's set up. Well, and the, the thing you talked about is it profitable, right? And one of the reasons it's profitable is you're not selling a product, you're selling a service. Right. And that has, again, that's a thing that has certainly been true for us, and it is just exciting to see it when the program comes together. It really is. And so if you want to learn more, and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you, head over to badgesmakemecrazy.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, are you ready to present at a candy cane level today? I am feeling super sweet this morning. Awesome. Okay, so I do want to. I'm going to start us off today. Okay. So I don't know if you know this, but there's been some corruption in the pro- buying of promotional products recently. Okay. A government official in Broward County, Florida, and why does it always have to be Florida? Man, it's <laughs> everything. It's either Florida or Germany. Anything weird is Florida or Germany. Improperly used her position as the um, vice president of development. I'm sorry, vice president of sports development. Uh, at the Fort Lauderdale Convention and Visitors Bureau, she improperly used that position to buy four hundred and twenty thousand dollars uh, worth of promotional products. Wow! From the company she owned, uh, called oh. Saints Enterprises, one hundred eighty-two thousand of that was for can coolers. There were carry-on bags, other briefcases. County officials aren't even sure whether all the goods were received or not. Oh, jeez. Um, and this is one of the reasons Kirby and I want to ha- I want to talk. I'm not sure even what I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I do know one thing I want to talk about, though. This is why I hate the word swag so much, because the headline in the South Florida Sun Sentinel, the newspaper that, that broke this, was, you know, Florida official improperly used position to buy $420,000 worth of swag. Mm. And, and I hate that that word is so synonymous with things negative. 
And I think this is why it's so easy for other elected officials to start their saber rattling like the, the senator in Iowa a few few weeks ago, a few months back. Talk about let's curb the spending on all promotional merchandise, but they always use the word swag because it has this negative connotation to it. Kirby, defend the use of the word swag. Well, number one, I think the, the, it has a negative It's indefensible. The podcast is now over, Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it, it, swag has a negative connotation in certain ways and with certain people. I, the reality of it is I just don't think it does have a negative connotation with a fairly large percentage of the population. And the people who it, – it's it's one of those things that you can't see it if you can't see it. Like it, if you think it's negative, then – there's no convincing you it's not. I'm just telling right. you that there are people that certainly do uh, think it's a great term and it means something good. But one of the, the I just keep looking at it going, well, hell, it's not the product. It's not the term. It's the idea that there is a ridiculous conflict of interest here. And, you know, for me, I'm look, going, it's one of the reasons I struggle working with government agencies sometimes, mm-hmm. because probably one of my big um frustrations when you're working with any gov- government agency is they'll they'll throw down okay you brought them all of these cool ideas that are going to do a good job of promoting you know their event their organization whatever and then they say okay cool i got to get three bids yeah o- okay but yeah. then you know they're going to present all those ideas to your competitors and all the competitor has to do is go well i'm going to knock it down a nickel and so but on the other side, you go, well, this is why. Yeah. <laughs> the, the people who are in positions of uh, influence have the ability to ruin it for the rest of us. Well, well, absolutely. Look, I mean, obviously someone who used her position to, you know, to her company's benefit is that is corruption, that is wrong, regardless of the products or services that were purchased, okay? Right. My issue, again, I just hate that we have this term that some people do – like and embrace and I I totally get that. I just we all bristle at the word tchotchke. Sure. Every single one of us. So it's we, unanimous. Oh pretty I'd say it's pretty close. Yeah. I'd say it's pretty darn close to unanimous. Mm-hmm. Um I I wish we would rally around the word swag that way. I do get why some people use it. It's fun and I I, I understand that. But every single negative headline about our industry, every single one Kirby, has the word swag in it. And we, by embracing that, I think are just perpetuating that negative view of what we do. And I hear what you're saying. I think the reason that the, every headline has it is it's one of the few things that has done a good job of actually explaining what the hell we do. As an industry, we've sucked at that. And that's on us. The, the rest of the world has gone, oh, okay, so that's that's the title. That's the one word thing that it is. That's because we haven't done, you know, we're saying, well, it's the promotional merchandise of branded, you know, tchotchkes or whatever we haven't done a good job of marketing our own industry and that's one of the reasons that they've gone okay this is a simple term that explains what it is here's where i'll push back absolutely you tell me this when we had you and i had this discussion when we were writing the salt and pepper article for promo kitchen five six years ago and back then i i do think we were we were still lacking um a machine to really market our industry yep Mm -hmm. Enter PPAI with their Get in Touch program and how often they uh, are, are advertising week, which I guess would be once a year. Right. Um, the affiliation with Seth Godin and, and other things that have really elevated the view of our industry, yet we hold on to this albatross of a term that's negative. I'm sorry. I think we need to move on from it. 
Sure. You know, other you can't control you can't control other people using it, right? I mean, I can't. I can't control. And honestly, here's where I'll I'll defend you a little bit. Swag is a lot shorter than promotional products, right? So if you're making a headline, swag makes a hell of a lot more sense. I don't. I can't control the South Florida Sun Sentinel paper for people, Picayune Times, or whatever the hell the name of the paper was, (laughs) from using the word swag. But I think we as an industry should kind of stand up and say, you know what? This is professional marketing of what we provide. We provide professional marketing tools. Swag is so such a negative connotative word. I just I, it just sends me to the moon. And I think we have done a good job recently to elevate our industry, to market our industry mm-hmm. and who we are and what we do. But yet we hold on to this term that I think drags us down. And I think that I just keep coming back to you view it as a negative. I think that half the population does not. And, and like again, you keep saying that I think a more youthful demo views swag as a very positive term. Well, so, I, I think look, there was a demo that once viewed tchotchkes as not a negative term either. I think. I mean, I get it, but I, I'm just I think telling it's you, it's some, n- nobody ever viewed tchotchkes as something that was amazing. You don't know that. Were you around <laughs> I'm, in the I'm 40s and 50s? Confident. No, I, I, I don't. I disagree. I think at, at some point tchotchkes was actually an accepted term. To represent what we did, accepted term is not necessarily complimentary, and I think I, there are exactly you who, just made my point. You no, just made my I don't, point. I didn't. I'm saying there's a there's a percentage of the population who views swag as a very popular thing. It's a very positive term. Tchotchkes was never. Well, that's your opinion, and you're wrong. <laughs> All right, I'd love to hear from our, our listeners on this, and I'm sure I'm going to get barbecued. I'm gonna, I'm sure I'm going to get a, a lot of shut up, old man. But I'm telling you, if we as an industry rejected the term swag because other people have adopted it as something negative, okay? It's not about that we think it's negative. It's about that our the audience we're speaking to, the audience at large, I think most people view it as negative, okay? We need I, to adapt. I think a lot of senior citizens do. I think you're right. Kirby, do you have a topic for us? <laughs> okay, so can I jut off of this uh, topic? Please because, do. So, so you talked about this. This is so back to the conflict of interest thing, and this is I did. This isn't something I planned on bringing up, but it's just a curious thing. So, obviously, this person, you know, who is in a position of influence in the C, their convention and visitors bureau. Mm-hmm. Um, put themselves in a place where, you know, that it's a fairly obvious conflict of interest. On the other hand, let's go to smaller businesses in smaller communities. And I'm certainly looking in the mirror here, right? Mm-hmm. One of the challenges I have is that I get invited to be on uh, committees or I get mm-hmm. to be on uh, things where they're promoting a nonprofit or promoting, mm-hmm. um, I'm being on a board of a chamber or a CVB, okay? Mm-hmm. Um and so then as me being for, a part of it, mm-hmm. they come to me and say, hey, what should we do? Mm-hmm. So then it naturally puts you in places mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, you've gotten me here because of my expertise, but now it's a conflict for you to pay me for the service that I'm an expert in. It's a, it's a weird spot to be in. I found myself in it a couple times, and I always struggle with it because I'm like, okay, so then I should resign from all these boards and giving back so that I can do business? Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yep. It's, it, it's, a, it's a weird spot to be in sometimes because I'm like, okay, so wh- which hat do you want me to wear here? So here's what I would suggest doing. Uh, in my Just listening to you and trying to put myself into your shoes, I think when those discussions happen, I think you can recuse yourself. Sure. Say, I, I'm just, you know, guy, you don't have to leave the board. You say, guys, conflict of interest here. 
I mean, if you we talk about board services, we've talked about it on this podcast, and I've talked about Industry Insider and other places. When you walk into that boardroom, you have to have your board hat on, and you're serving the membership. Sure. It doesn't matter if you own the local bait and tackle shop, if you own the spice shop down the road, if you own the tire store down the street, you have to take those hats off and you're serving your membership, whether it's convention and visitors bureau, chamber of commerce, whatever. If there is any appearance of a conflict of interest, I think you have the responsibility to say, I cannot be part of this conversation. I'm going to leave the room and you guys have the conversation. Yeah. The, the challenge with that though, Bill, in my mind is that they, it, and again, it's all it's a couple things. Number one, it's about intent, and number two, which is difficult to measure, right? But the other, the other part of it, the number two, is that they're like in those discussions, whether it's about marketing, whether it's about a giveaway or a, a swag for an event, they're asking me. Like that's the reason I'm in the room is they want my opinion. It doesn't mean they have to buy it from me, I, I, and I get that. But you see where I'm coming from. I'm going to recuse myself from the discussion of the reason I'm on the board. <laughs> Well, then you're in a tricky position, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then I, I, I still think if they start, well, it depends when you, I think when you get to specifics, I guess, and right. that's kind of what I was understanding and maybe okay. I misunderstood. Yeah. I think if you're talking in general marketing terms, yes, you, you answer questions and say, you know, here's some suggestions, here's some things I think we could do as a board. Right. Once it got down to though, someone suggesting or even you saying i think we need some promotional products for this sure i think that's the point where you say guys at this point i need to leave the room you guys can finish the conversation if you know there you I'm, i know you have competition in Kashokta, and there's sure. other people who sell promotional products at that point at least you have uh talk about last podcast you passed the red face test yeah hey we did the right thing i recused myself the board decided to hire me and my company anyway, but I recused myself. It's reflected in the minutes. It's open for anybody to see. If you don't do that, then you are opening yourself up for people to, at the very least, go, something stinks over there in Coshocton County. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and I think it's a, it's a unique challenge, especially in a small community, but I think it's one that I'm sure other people have run into. So, again, that wasn't on my topic list, but it, it did make me think of it as we were kind of rolling through it. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I totally get it. I think, again, it's one of those things you'll know when you need to do it. And right. if, you, if, if it crosses your mind you need to do it, then I guarantee you, you need to recuse yourself. Yeah, okay, cool. You know, you know what else you need to do, Kirby? What's that, Bill? You need to get on board with that Tervis classic line tumbler. It's been around since 1946. It's that sleek style that makes for the perfect active, on-the-go lifestyle. It's the original double-wall insulated drinkware. Going to keep your drinks cold, and it reduces that condensation. And it's backed by that made-for-life guarantee. It's available in several sizes, including your favorite, Kirby, that sippy cup. Yes. The wine glass, both stemmed and stemless, 10-ounce wavy, 16-ounce mug, 16-ounce and 24-ounce tumblers, and that 24-ounce water bottle. It's made from Triton plastic right here in the United States. Lifetime warranty, dishwasher safe, microwave safe, and BPA-free. You want to learn more, you talk about a lifestyle brand in our industry, and Tervis is definitely one of them. Head over to TervisPromos.com. You won't be sorry you did. All right, Kirby, it's time for me to come up with another topic on this fine, fine, fine broadcast. Sure, let's do it. All right, let's talk about swag, Kirby, and why that term is wrong. <laughs> All right. No, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift gears a little bit here. Okay. One of the things I think we have lost a little bit in the whole overall thing of marketing and the overall concept of market marketing and I think it's starting to come back is empathy 
Okay. I don't think marketing it takes into fact the feelings of the um, the audience as much as they used to. We're so focused on delivering a message, we don't consider empathizing with the actual problems we're trying to solve as marketers. How do we get back to that, Kirby? And I've got some thoughts if you want to me to go. No, I actually, the, it's funny. I'm, I'm listening. I've read a book and it's sitting over here. Building a Story Brand is mm -hmm. a really great yep. book. By read the Donald book. Miller. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it, he's in Nashville, right? Yep. Um, and so when you start talking about empathy and understanding where uh, the customer is coming from and the problem you're trying to solve, that was literally the first thing that popped into my head is, you know, kind of reframing your messaging to make sure that your customer is the hero of the story. Um, mm -hmm. They talk a ton about that and how in every good story, there's a guide or a mentor. Um, in Star Wars, you know, Luke is the hero of the story, but Obi-Wan is the guide or the mentor. And the idea is to position your company as the guide or the mentor. Um, and it is a thing. It's funny that you bring up the topic because it's a thing that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, and so to me, that's where empathy comes from, is that you, to, in order to write that story, in order to kind of look through the eyes of your customer as the hero of the story, you have to understand them. And yep. so um, that's a thing that I'm trying. I, I, you know, I don't always get it right. And I think part of it is um, one of the things that we break down as a company is we have such a diverse uh, uh, customer base. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are like, hey, this is who we serve. Mm -hmm. We have historically not been that. Um, we've been a little right. bit more of a jack of all trades. And when that's the case, it's hard to write that story. Well, I think that's a great, a great way to look at it. Uh, and that is something I absolutely factor in. I think the other thing is that we don't slow down enough and do mm. is ask why not. Okay, we understand the problem. Your problem is getting more people at your tra uh, trade show booth, uh, you know, selling more widgets, whatever it is, is asking why. And you get to that, th you know, you kind of start acting like a three-year-old, but purposefully and say, well, why do you want to do that? Well, I want more people in my trade show booth because we're launching a new product and I think that will drive sales. Why do you think that will drive sales? I think if you start thinking, and you don't even have to ask the questions necessarily to the the actual customer. You can start asking those questions yourself. Why is that important to them? Right. And then when you have the answer to that question, well, why is that important to them? And it really kind of gets you in the mindset of becoming that person who's worried about this product launch. Because if this product launch doesn't go well, they may not have a job in three months. Right. And, and you talk about, that's where you really Really kind of get, I think, some of the real creativity flowing internally where you can solve the problems by using what we do as a living, custom-branded promotional merchandise. Right. And and so I, I love what you were talking about, building the story. But I think part of building the story is asking, why are we doing this stuff? Right. And we move so quickly. I think we really, unfortunately, at times, move away from the why. And we don't take the time to ask that. And again, it's not sitting in front of a customer and saying, why, 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 why? Mm -hmm. may, may want some of that, of course. But it's really kind of following your own path. because kind of closing your eyes and putting yourself in the shoes of that person who may have a review in three weeks. Why is that important to them? Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a really – actually, I think there was an exercise. I can't remember the book, but it talks about asking why five times. Mm -hmm. I'm not and, familiar with that. Yeah, but, but it's, it's what you're saying. Yeah. It's exactly, it's like you, you ask and then you get to the answer. And then mm -hmm. why is each one of those important? It said, if you ask five times, you, you will most likely get to the heart of the real reason. Yep. 
that they're trying to solve the problem. And I think that's super wise. Well, and that's the thing. We just move sometimes so fast. It's hard to do that. Well, and it's uncomfortable to, yep. to ask it why five times is really hard because you're like, unless they understand the exercise, somebody on the other side of the table is just like, well, can you just help me? <laughs> but but that's what I'm th- saying. Yeah. I think you can do that internally. I think yeah. if, if you tell me kind of, hey, I want to get some promotional products for this specific reason. Most people, if you really slow down and ask why five times, ask, you know, ask a question, answer it, and then ask why, and then answer that question, and so yeah. on and so forth, three, four, five times, you'll get to that point without even having to involve the customer generally. And I mean, obviously, it'd be wonderful you can involve the customer, but in places where you can't, doing it on as a solo project, it works. Yeah, and, and I would say, too, I think one of the things, and I think you'll agree with this, Bill, is that I think sometimes we, and I'm totally guilty of this, is that I think, oh, my customer's going to be annoyed if mm-hmm. I ask them why five times. Then they might be. They might be, but I find that most of the time they're like, once you get past it, you're like, no, I'm really doing this because I want to understand Absolutely. what you want to do. They're like, oh, okay, well, then you're different than everybody else. No, could, couldn't agree more. You <laughs> yeah. talk, We talk about differentiation on this podcast a lot, and that sets you apart. It shows you care. You talk about showing someone you care. It's one thing to say I empathize. It's now you're showing it. Yeah. I All like right, it. Kirby, you got a quick topic for us? I do, I do. So I decided that um, you know this about me. I have historically not been a fan of colder weather. Mm-hmm. And so we had a staff meeting the other day and I was asking about winter hobbies with everybody, just a kind of icebreaker kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of made a joke that one of my winter hobbies is complaining about the winter. Mm-hmm. And Libby uh, in my office was like, and you do such a good job of it. <laughs> and I was like, I had one of those moments where it didn't hurt my feelings or anything, but I was like, oh, Mm-hmm. I need to look at that yeah. um, because I know that complaining is like everything else. It's a habit, mm-hmm. right? And it, the more you do it, the more apt you are to do it. Yep. And so I made a new goal for myself Okay. that I am not going to complain about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Excuse okay. me. Um, so I need to focus on that. And it's funny. I've caught myself. Now, I will say that since I made this you know, commitment, uh-huh. the weather's actually been pretty nice here in okay. Ohio. Um, so it's, it's like almost like the universe or God or whatever is mm-hmm. going, okay, we're going to ease you into this, brother, because uh, you're, you're going to really have to break a habit. So um, that's sort of from me to from now to the end of the year, my goal is to not complain. So number one, I need you to help me. Okay. So if you catch me doing it, tell me. And no are problem. There any, <laughs> I, knew, I knew I was asking the right person. And number two, is there anything like that that you need to stop complaining about? Um, I'm sure there is nothing. I mean, I, the whole pumpkin spice thing took on a life of its own. <laughs> and I really don't. I've stopped. If yes. you've noticed, I don't post anything pumpkin spice right. anymore. Yeah. I mean, because it, first of all, it was extraordinarily misunderstood. And second yes. of all, it gave me tired head uh, yes. all the time. Um, I'd say the one thing I need to, to really, oh, gosh, this is a good question. What do I need to stop moaning about? I'd say probably the fact that currently I'm a little overworked. Mm. Um, uh, I don't necessarily complain about it all that much, but when I do, I'm happy to share all the details of how many <laughs> jobs I'm doing, how long it takes, why I can't do other things that are seemingly more important, but I just can't get to them because I'm doing this, that, and the next thing. Um, so it's one of those things I generally don't open the door, but if you knock and crack it and say, hey, 
you, you busy? Yeah. You want to tell you how busy I am? <laughs> Let me tell you how busy I am. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. that you know, so I try not to do that, but uh, it's hard. Yeah, I need. And, 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 to, and, I need you know, to try there's harder. A great, there's a great book called The Talent Code yep. where it talks about how complaining is just like every other thing. That yeah. there's a a thing called myelin that goes around your brain. Oh, yeah. It gets stronger every time you do something. It does. Yeah, so it's like, it's a habit just like anything else. Yep, absolutely. All right, Kirby, we're at the time where I get to announce the promo yes. person of the week this week. Um, we uh, This is highlighting that person, or persons in some cases. In this case, it is two people. Uh-oh. Um, highlighting people or person uh, that's grabbing our attention. Age doesn't matter. Supplier doesn't matter. Distributor doesn't matter. Doesn't, none of that matters. Right. Are they getting our attention? And I am going to go with the dynamic duo of one Kenny Ved and one Charles Dugan. <laughs> I love it. And I will tell you why. As they, they work for Gold Star Pens, they're both national account representatives for our friends over at Gold Star, and they have branded themselves as the Simplicity Brothers, and that, that is a thing for Gold Star that they focus on creating a very simple process for distributors to work with them, and they do a great job at that. What I love about Kenny and Charles is they are not uh, shy about making fun of themselves. Yeah. They do that car pen karaoke. If you haven't seen it, they will literally sing into a pen of their choosing. Um, and sometimes it's a little tough to watch and listen to, not going to lie. But it always <laughs> gets my attention. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're happy making fun of themselves, they're happy being fun and, and having fun with yeah. a, a product that, uh, let's be honest, it a, a pen in and of itself is not the most exciting product on the planet, but they make it fun. They make it accessible and they've created, they've used social media and especially Kenny here. I've really used social media as a way to get attention in a very positive way. You know, Kenny will show, Kenny travels all the time and he shows people sleeping on a plane with a pen in the foreground. And it's hilarious. Um, you know, it's one of those things don't get caught sleeping around Kenny because he's going to, he's going to catch you. So I really admire what they've done. It's something I think they just did for fun and it's organic. And I really love that. I respect that a lot. So Kenny, Ved, Charles Dugan. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, one of the things that I talk about, you've, you've heard me talk about is there's just not enough joy in the world. And when you can push out joy, you stand out. Like when mm-hmm. 90% of what we see in the world is negative, when you can make it a point of being fun or goofy or silly, or as you said, making fun of yourself, man, you stand out. And I think that's totally been true of Kenny and Charles. And so I, I think that's a great one. I am excited and I'm clicking my gold star pen. Well, what? let's click in unison. Ready? One, two, three. Well, if there's, if that is top-notch <laughs> broadcasting at its finest, right there. So Kenny Ved, Charles Dugan, your box of virtual high fives will be delivered in person um, in Las Vegas at the Expo 2020. Now, Kirby, this is our uh, newer segment. It's the best thing ever. It is your turn. What do you got for us this week? Okay, so here recently, very recently, Tesla announced that they have a new pickup truck. Okay? Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm going automotive here. So. The best car, vehicle, whatever, that you've ever had is? The best car I have ever had would be my 1984 Honda Accord. Um, And I'll tell you why. Okay. So my first car was a 1973 Volkswagen Beetle. (laughs) Me too. It was yellow. It had black vinyl interior. And I got to tell you... 
Growing up in Texas in the era of shorty shorts, not great. Um, it didn't have air conditioning, um, and so when I upgraded and finally got a car, and it was it was it was a 1984 uh, Honda Accord. It was a four a five speed, so it was a manual transmission, but it had air conditioning, and it had four doors, and I felt so half ass grown up with that thing, and I still have very fond memories of that car. Um, and so that, that always brings a smile to my face when, when I think of my favorite car. You know, that's a good one. Um, it changes my answer actually. Uh, so number one, very weird. My first car was a 1973 Volkswagen bug. Um, so that's kind of weird. Uh, number two, mine is going to be my 1984 Dodge Caravan five speed. So it was one of the very mm-hmm. first Dodge Caravans that came off the line, and it literally had a five-speed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a tank, which was absolutely wonderful. And I had it when I was like a senior to in college. So, I mean, I lived out of that thing. And so it was big enough that literally I had suitcases in it at all time. There was always tennis rackets. There was always clothes. Right. So that I could, I no matter what the situation, I was prepared. Um, I could have lived homeless out of that thing. But literally, you could run into a house, and the house would fall down. Yep. And that thing would just keep on trucking. And the idea that I was doing it as a five-speed in a caravan was just mm-hmm. amazing. So can I give a second uh, yeah. answer? My second favorite car, 1984 Buick Regal. And I had this when we lived in New York. Okay. And it was 100% steel. It was 100% beige. And it had a, a AM radio only in it. And we used that as what we called our train car. So we lived about 20 miles north of New York City. I worked in Manhattan, and I would take the train in. And I learned from a lot of people they had what was called these train cars. And um, uh, Sandy's grandmother had passed away. This car had only like 25,000 miles on it. This is like the late 90s. And, And it was given to Sandy. And he used that as our train car. And so I literally, Kirby... I didn't care what happened to this thing. This thing was a tank. Um, door dings, please. This thing's made of 100% steel. Um, I would park my car at the train station. I would put my, the car keys in above uh, above the uh, visor. I'd leave my car unlocked. I'd go to work. And I'm like, if someone steals a car, all right. I don't care. I just didn't care. It was awesome. It was, uh, there, was, there was more than, two, uh, I think, three times uh, where I had gone into work and I took the train. And I thought, oh my gosh, I think I left the car running. <laughs> and I would get off the, I would freak out, get off the train in like Mamaroneck or New Rochelle. I'd get on the train coming back up, and sure as shit, I'd left it running because <laughs> I literally just walk out the car and just, all right, let's go work. Yep, that's funny. So yeah, I, I do miss that car. Uh, as well. All right, Kirby. So great podcast. I think I enjoyed this podcast today for once. Um, (laughs) I I enjoyed proving you wrong on the term swag. You know what else I enjoyed, Kirby? Oh, what? Talking about our friends over at Vault Promos. You know, they've got that wonderful badge release program. They make selling badges easy. And as you pointed out correctly, the only correct thing you said in the podcast, profitable. If you want to learn more, head over to badgesmakemecrazy.com. You won't be sorry you did. Now, of course, you said a lot of right things today, Kirby, but I really would like to hear people's thoughts on how wrong you are with the term swag. (laughs) So let's leave them with that. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.